This is Kira Grad from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Sarah Shelton with us. Sarah entered the post college workforce as a management consultant, which was the perfect opportunity to try out many things while still trying to decide what she wanted to be when she grew up. She worked on several projects in different industries in a variety, but found her passion in helping others achieve their goals, be it designing or delivering corporate training, partnering with leaders to inspire and lead colleagues through their difficult times. accelerating teams from forming to performing revamping performance management systems to focus on develop the employee sera is focused on combination of passion and potential there is a lot more to sera which i would want to hear from sera herself so sera first off welcome to the show thank you so much karen for having me i'm very excited to be here so let's begin with your journey excited to host you tell us about the things that i didn't make yeah when i started in consulting i was as most junior straight out of college kids are put in very technical role testing use cases that sort of thing and one of my managers looked at me and you have too much personality to be stuck behind a computer doing this he really saw something in me that i hadn't quite figured out yet which i very much appreciated and so he moved me at the time into more of a project manager track and as i started down that path i really realized that the change management the communication the training the adoption strategy was really where i found myself being the most passionate and the most focused for the work and so over time that continued to just build and build from a change management lens and you know what i like to call hr adjacent for those who know change management used to be firmly in the province of hr it moved into technology because technology was the great disruptor right so since technology was leading all the changes it really needed people who understood how to implement them in a way that stuck now it's more of a hybrid and that happened during my career so it's a joint ownership the tech technology is still driving a lot of this disruption and change in business but in order to really make things stick and be a long term solution hr needs to be involved to help embed the new expected behaviors processes tool usage all of that as part of the culture and the performance management processes within the company. So, over time, I really while I loved consulting, I loved the project aspect of it, enjoyed the challenge, the thing the way that everything was always new, but I wanted to see something through truly from end to end. And as most people who have worked with consultants know, the end date comes, the consultants disappear, and we don't always know if what we've put in place is still around 3 months, 6 months, a year later. And I really wanted to move internal to be part of that journey. So I moved internal to HR traditional HR positions, but I take a, a pretty strong business lens to how I approach solving problems within HR. But day in day out i will have colleagues call me or former colleagues call me and it really evolves more into the coaching aspect and helping people figure out either what is the next move for them career wise why are they not getting feeling fulfilled in their role or in their current chosen career path and i work with a lot of individuals at different levels within the organization there's the obvious of coaching leaders on how to be better leaders to their team to listen to their teams to address different feedback but where i think i get the most passion is working with an individual who's trying to break through to the next great role or great opportunity in their life so maybe know about the 
journeys of some of the success stories that you have helped coach, whether it be a team or whether it be an individual, something that is on the top of the mind, right? Sure. So I would say one client that's top of mind, it was a unique situation in that this individual and I had worked together previously. So I came into the engagement, obviously, with an opinion about their behavior, their performance, how they approach different situations. And so that was definitely a learning experience for me because I needed to pull and put aside what my experience had been so as not to color the journey of the client. So it was primarily a lot of active listening to underpin what the client was trying to achieve. This individual was very data-driven, very analytical. And so we started the engagement by conducting the Hogan assessments, which are the Hogan Personality Inventory, Hogan Development Survey, and Motivations, Values, and Preferences Inventory. And the combination of those three tools really does create the opportunity to have meaningful conversations in a common language without judgment about how different personality traits show up at work, how they can color both your perception of how you behave, but also how others perceive you. And so while working with this client, I did not share any of my observations from our time working together until they specifically asked, which was towards the end of the engagement. I typically do a three-month, six-month, occasionally a year, but normally we start with a three- or six-month engagement. And towards the end of the engagement, the individual was interested to hear my perceptions about when we had worked together. And instead of sharing them outright, and this is, I think, what good coaches do, I would recall a specific scenario that we were in together and ask them to tell me with this new information from our sessions, with the new language of Hogan, what would they do differently? Or how do they, that scenario differently now than they may have at the time? It was an incredibly powerful session and we were able to help this individual move from being not to take anything away from their fiercely independent and unique selves, but to understand how that their intentions and their intended actions and consequences differed from what occurred and then how to adjust their behavior going forward. So that individual now, both in their professional life and in some of their personal like with volunteer activities and other such things, still calls me and lets me know different situations that have happened and how she has proactively put in place, thinking about how she responds, how she shows up to a meeting, how she leads in the meeting, and how she interacts with others in a way that really maximizes her strengths and minimizes what we call derailers or behaviors that could be misinterpreted in a negative fashion. It's been remarkable to see and to watch. I've known this person for many years. And I think what was most exciting for me was that the work we did together, she had gotten feedback in the past that echoed some of the things we were talking about and that showed up in the Hogan. But this was the first time that she was able to really hear the message, internalize it, and put it into action in a way that was helpful for her. Wow. So that transformation story is actually transformational. Can you tell us about 
the systems and processes. So you told us about three tools that you put forth. However, tell us about yep. the other systems and processes that you might put forth to help a client move from point to point B. Sure. I Different coaches will have different answers to this. So some will tell you need a tried and true method that works for everybody. That is not my response. I believe that the coaching relationship is unique, that everyone who is coming into coaching is a unique individual and just is deserving of a customized approach based on what they're trying to achieve. That being said, in order to change, you have to know where you are today. And so Peeling back the layers of some self-assessments and self-awareness and understanding is critical. And so I'll often ask a client, have you taken an assessment before? The most common one almost everyone has taken is Myers-Briggs. Great. How did that resonate with you? What did you take away from it? Did it connect? Did it not connect? And based on those answers, I will recommend that we start off with either a DISC assessment, a strengths finder or a Hogan. Those are my three preferred tools to use. Hogan is for the really deep work. Like that's for a longer kind of commitment to ongoing professional development and more insightful, I think, and intentional long-term growth. If you're doing this, if you're going to coaching to address some things and you want to put it in a language that makes sense for your company when you go back to work, if your company uses DISC, then we should use DISC so you can get the most out of that and apply it in a way that, again, your manager and your coworkers will understand. But I almost always start with a self-assessment. Another great tool that I've adapted over time is I call it four box where, and I use this when I manage people too, which is asking people, what are you, what do you think you're good at that you're passionate about? What are the things that you're passionate about, but not so good at yet. That's your development quadrant. What are the things that you're not, that you're good at, but you hate doing? I always use the example of expense reports. They need to be done. But does anyone really enjoy doing them? Very few people are going to look for a new role or a new job that says maximize your efficiency at making at doing expense reports. And then there's the other quadrant of not passionate, not interested, not good at that we can take off the table. What helps with that tool is if I'm coaching someone particularly internally, to my company is I can observe, right, those behaviors. So Kieran, if you say to me that you are excellent and passionate about presenting to executives and I sat in on one of your presentations, now I have a disconnect, right? I could say, hey, how did you think that went? And and use questions to dive deeper to see where there might be a disconnect where you think you're really shining at something, but where the audience and those who are evaluating you see something differently. And that's where we find, I find a lot of very impactful work if the impetus for someone coming into coaching has been feedback they don't understand from a manager or from a peer. So those are some of the tools I use at the beginning, again, to develop that sense of self-awareness, of self-understanding. That also helps me tailor my approach for each of our sessions. Depending on the engagement, we may or may not do a 360 at the end, either to get a broader, see how far we've come and or to get insight from others, right? So you might be coming into coaching, think this is all the things I need to work on. This is what I need to do. But the feedback from those around you could be very different. And so we want to make sure you're getting the most out of the experience. Not necessarily a tool, but an approach that implement with all of my engagements is I try to, we try to schedule our sessions at the beginning. 
And I try to do a two-week window between sessions. Two weeks is long enough for you to practice or implement that which we've talked about, but not so long that you lose momentum and it's more difficult for me to help hold you accountable. So two weeks is the sweet spot to have in between sessions. And my clients can tell you, I always give them homework. They always have something to do in that two-week session, something to practice, something to observe, something to think more deeply about and bring back to me into our discussion. And I think that really helps keep their development at the forefront as opposed to often when we go to a course or a class for professional development, we learn it once that we never touch it again and we've forgotten everything that we've learned. So having that two-week kind of accountability schedule keeps it of mind but also in kind of everything else that's going on outside. So that two weeks can help them be accountable to you as well as be accountable to themselves because if they do not complete the work that has been given, that that might be a not very good thing for them when they show up in the meeting. Sarah, can you tell us about the ideal client? What are they struggling with? What do they want to achieve? And when should they reach out? Yeah, so for me, ideal clients are around a pivot point. So it's the individual contributor a long time and they might want to go into managing people, but they might not. That might not be where they really want to shine. That's the, we've got this thing in corporate America, right? Where people are constantly, you have to go up and up, but the role changes so much. You're not really doing what you started off doing. And not everyone wants to manage and lead a team and that should be okay. So I would say that's a major pivot point. Another major pivot point would be, I'm just not happy what I'm doing. I don't feel fulfilled. I dread going to work. I get no satisfaction even when, you know, everyone's like, hey, that was great. You did a great job. Something's missing. Something's there. We should help untangle that. So I think whenever you're at a crossroads and you need help identifying a framework to make those decisions, I'm probably a really good coach for you. Now, what I will say, Karen, is general advice for picking a coach is one of the most important qualities of a coach is having the integrity to acknowledge if this isn't the right fit. Coaching is all about fit. I'm not the right coach for everybody. I absolutely admit that. And I'm happy to refer you to someone who's a better fit for you based on what your needs and desires are. I think that's the, you'll see most coaches, myself included, often have an introductory phone call. Just a 30 minutes. What are you trying to achieve? Real quick, get to know you. Because coaching relies on the relationship to be connected, to be based on trust. And it if that connection isn't there, the coaching engagement is not going to be successful. Yes. So relationships leads to better coaching. Because if the relationship with the coach is good enough, then it might lead to better results. But the relationship and there is no trust, then of course it is not going to lead to better results. Sarah, if people were to reach out to you, so what are the best platforms they should use to reach out? So tell us about Sure. So you can reach out to me. I have an Instagram account, but I primarily leverage LinkedIn. So Passion Fruit Coaching has a LinkedIn page. I also have my website where you can sign up for either a free consultation to see if I might be the right fit for you, see what you're interested in coaching, see what kind of services I provide, like a three-month engagement, a six-month engagement, that sort of thing. Or you can also go to the website, which is passionfruitcoaching.net and sign up for my little mini newsletter. Now, don't be alarmed. When I say newsletter, it's not really a newsletter. I call it fruit snacks. So it's just little bite-sized insights, pieces of information that you know might be helpful as you're going through your journey. 
whether or not I'm coaching you. I just think that one of the reasons I started my own coaching business was so many companies have cut back on their talent development and professional development opportunities for their employees. And so many of us are looking to grow. Humans want to grow, to be challenged, to learn new things. If you're not getting it at work through any programs there, often what is available for an individual is seems very inaccessible. It's extremely expensive. It's only location specific and you have to be in person. One of the reasons I created Passion Fruit was to create a development opportunity through coaching that was accessible because we can meet virtually. We can meet in person no matter where you are. I have a client who's in the Netherlands. So geography boundaries don't matter. We'll find a time that works. And and that's financially accessible too to a broader audience. I believe just thoroughly that everyone wants to grow in some way and that everyone should have more rather than less opportunities and tools to help do that. Yes. And can you tell us about your website again, please? Sure. My website is passionfruitcoaching.net. And on there, you can sign up for a free 30-minute chat and we'll talk about what you're looking for, if I might be a fit. My pricing is on there under services as well. If that pricing is seems daunting for you, still give me a call. I'm sure we can work something out. And that's for individuals, but also for teams. I can put together customized proposals for if you have a team that might be struggling or a new team that's just getting together and we can work on what are you trying to achieve out of this team? What are you seeing behavior-wise? And put together a, a customized approach for that team to help, again, get them that performing state faster than they would more organically. Hopefully you all perform well. And if you think that you're struggling with your professional performance, then the best person to reach out to right now, I can think of is Sarah. And the best way to reach out to her is passionfruitcoaching.net. Next question, Sarah, unfortunately, yes. then, but tell us about what to do after listening to this conversation. What are the action steps we should do? I would say the biggest thing, Karen, is after this, did anything I say resonate with you? Are you at a pivot point? Are you, do you feel like you're growing? Do you feel fulfilled in your role today or the work that you're doing today? No job is sunshine and puppies all day long. But if we find the work and the organizations and the ability to do our best and be our best every day, it feels less like work. And we all spend plenty of time at work, so it should feel a little less, less of a burden than it does for many people today. The other thing I would say is look at, you know, what is available to today. There are tons of free resources out there for coaching and for development. What does your company offer you today? And if the answer is you're not really finding anything, there are myself, there are tons of coaches out there who could help and really do get my purpose is to help others. That is what I do. That's what I love. I have no interest in accolades for myself, but when someone I've worked with achieves a goal or has a breakthrough and figures out what they really want to do next. That is so exciting to me. And I, I get goosebumps just talking okay. about it. It's just, it's the most fulfilling part of my life. And I, I will bring that passion and excitement to any client that I work with. And I just, it, work doesn't have to feel awful. It really doesn't. And I would hope that anyone who's heard this podcast today really connects with that message. Work doesn't have to be awful. We can help you find a way to make it more meaningful, more fulfilling, more enjoyable. 
During COVID, a lot of people, myself included, it was just a crystallizing moment for millions of people as we were going through the pandemic. Life is too short. Life is just too short. And we just don't know what's going to happen next. So how can we maximize the time we have in our lives, in our work to and be our best selves in everything that we do? And, you know, if there's a plus side to the pandemic, I do think that was one of them is that more people and more companies started understanding that is what the talent, the work force is looking for. But if they're not willing to provide it internally, there's a lot of us who are. Again, work doesn't have to be terrible. It doesn't have to be awful. It can be more rewarding. And so if you find yourself more on the other side of that, I really encourage you to find a coach that can help you through that. Yes, of course, guys. So do reach out to anyone who feels for you. And if you think after listening to this conversation, Sarah is the one. So again, I'm going to repeat her website. It is passionfruitcoaching.net. So thank you so much, Sarah, for such a wonderful conversation. It was a pleasure meeting you. Too. It was a pleasure meeting you. Too. Thank you again. And I am your host, Kiran Agrahan, signing off. You guys take care. Bye. Guys.